Live and local, this is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. And a great good afternoon and welcome to this middle of the week Wednesday. It's hump day, July 27th, the year 2022. My main man, James Mesh, back in the master control suite in the game studios, which are on the campus of Delta Media, which houses KLWB, which is 1037 Lafayette. We're also on 1041 in Lake Charles. We're streaming around the world, 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com. If you happen to be in the Acadiana area, you can check your television set on because we're simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. Normally we do headlines, but the biggest headline of the day is he's back. Saints training camp began today, and star wide receiver Michael Thomas was back in action. John Hendricks, we go straight to New Orleans to catch up with our Saints reporter who does such a great job covering them day in and day out. John, I, I can sense the smile on your face, big guy. How? I thought he was on the pup list. Explain what happened. Yeah, look, uh, with, with MT, he, you know, he obviously had a, a conversation with Mickey and, and DA. It's kind of what he revealed to us and then kind of went in for today and got, obviously, the clear go-ahead to go. And so, I mean, no matter what happened today or even the past couple months, there's really no bigger storyline than Michael Thomas returning and hitting the field. <laughs> I thought he looked great. Excuse me. <laughs> I thought he looked fantastic out there. I think that he looks like the old Michael Thomas, and I think this is going to be just a, a huge boost for this offense. That's awesome. Uh, John Hendricks, the Saints lead writer, reporter for Saints News for Fan Nation at SI.com. So that's one good news. Another interesting bit is um, uh, some some players that are come up, uh, other players that are coming off of injuries. How was uh, Taysom Hill, by the way? Yeah, look, I, you you could have fooled me um, if you saw if you told me the guy had a surgery and was rehabbing from that. Um, him and Marcus May, I mean, you think about just how far we've come from in modern science or whatever the case may be. I mean, here's two guys that have had just amazing, crazy injuries, right? And let's frank before, I remember that would just set you out for easily over a year and Taysom's come back. Mm-hmm. He looks good. Leonard Rouse playing tight end, playing special teams, doing a lot of his normal roles. And then Marcus May, obviously, they're going to be smart with him. But, again, coming off the Achilles injury, and he looks guys. He said he's right along where he should be as far as recovery. I mean, those two coming back, that's a, a huge thing for the Saints team. I think teams are going to have their hands full trying to guard against Taysom Hill, especially as a tight end. But, you know, again, as we it. talked to Dennis Allen and last night, and just kind of they envision him just kind of playing football. And he'll still play some quarterbacks, probably powers and short yardage situations. And, you know, it's going to work well until it, it doesn't, you know. Yeah, I got you. Um, last report was a, a noticeable limp on Jameis Winston at quarterback. Um, is that still there? Does he look healthy now? Yeah, Jameis, he told us yesterday, or after practice, I mean, he's, he's good to go. He's great. I mean, you know, um, Dennis was asked about, you know, kind of, hey, 
you think he'll play in the preseason and such. And, and obviously, he's a quarterback, so they want to be cautious and protect him and such. But he's like, I want to just play football as much as I can, right? So, uh, again, he's out there, no pitch count, no type of limitations or anything. Obviously, still wearing the brace. That's, that's expected. He said that way back when and a few months ago and just kind of said, hey, I'm going to command the brace this year. Nothing that's going to hinder him or anything like that. But, man, Jameis Winston looks good. He looks sharp out there so far. I mean, it's been one day, but I think this is something that we've gradually saw since people made a big deal about the limp, that he just looked so much better and more comfortable sprinting, running around, doing a lot of different things that you'd expect him to Sounds like great news for day one so far, but one noticeable absentee was the honey badger, Taran Matthew. Uh, well, what's the story on Matthew? Yeah, he's excused for a, a family family related matter, so definitely okay. it's a personal reason, but you know, he's excused from everything, and so obviously that's a, a good thing that you know, hey, it's not because of him not wanting to be there or anything like that or anything else that's injury related, but. Yeah, you know, these things happen from time to time. Um, you know, Tano Passignon was another one that was missing. He's on the NFI, you know, uh, non-football injury-related list at the moment. But Nick Vanette was on it yesterday, and he was off today. So that's just how quickly those things work. And I think the only concern you might have right now from an injury standpoint is, is Pete Warner. He was doing rehab work kind of off to the side. He was uh, not really a participant of practice, and so uh, no helmet or anything like that. So... Dennis said it was uh, nothing serious, and everything I heard, it's nothing serious, nothing to get crazy about right now. But still never a good thing to open up camp and missing your guy that you're really relying on to do a lot of things to do Mario this year. I'm curious, John Hendricks. Um, Saints have had one head coach for a long, long time. Now Dennis Allen takes over. You've seen these training camps. Uh, anything different, things running any different, or does it look basically the same as it always has? I feel like it's the same. And, and, look, Dennis Allen is a guy that you come in and do your work and then let's go. You know, I think that's kind of the approach that he's taken. And I think the players know exactly what to expect from him. Um, and I think there's a lot of elements that are kind of similar to Sean, but they're different. You know, I mean, Dennis has asked about things in advance. And he's like, look, I'm just worried about today. I'm worried about tomorrow and just all these types of things. And so not that he's not a forward thinker or anything like that, but I feel like he's just saying, Let's not worry about, you know, preseason game one right now. I'm worried about practice and the fundamentals. And he has kind of like a list. I don't want to say a laundry list, but a lot of things he wants to see out of his team and to be able to uh, make sure that they're in a position to compete. And he knows what this team, a franchise, expects and, uh, you know, call attention to the fans and, and such. And so I really feel like he's coming in here with a, a humble attitude, a humble heart, and that he's coming in to work and just really has a staff around him of people that are no nonsense type guys that are really focused on and, and united for one vision, and that's to win football games. Okay, so um, everybody wants to know how the rookies look, particularly the first round picks, uh, Alave and uh, Penning. With from what you literally, you know, it's hard to say with an offensive lineman, but I'm sure they were throwing passes to Alave. How did they, how did he look? How did they look? Yeah, Chris Olave looked good. I mean, he's smooth. And, again, talking to Jameis Winston, one of the things that he pointed out today in talking with him is the fact that, you know, he said he doesn't like to do comparisons, but he reminds him a good bit of Chris Godwin and just the fact that he came up and he's been such a professional about everything and really just showing off, uh, you know, acting like a pro, a veteran, the type of guy. I mean, he looks great out there. Uh, Trevor Pinning's on the second team. 
right now taking left tackle reps. Again, he, it's, it's James Hurst's job until it's not, unless he loses that. And Penning's got to refine a few things in the pass protection, a couple things like that. I, I mean, I tell you, the rookie that I, I thought jumped out of the page today was, was DeMarco Jackson. Again, this is a guy that has kind of been relatively quiet. I think he had the play of the day. He broke up a pass and from Andy Dalton intended to uh, Taysom Hill. And Hill, was, that would have been somebody that you normally say, hey, he got, he got it. Um, but Jackson made a great play on the ball, broke it up, literally fit by C.J. Gardner-Johnson. But he'd been quiet up until then, and just more like special teams. But that was probably the most impressive rookie from today, if I had a lot of John Hendricks, uh, greatly appreciate your time. Why don't you explain to um, to the listeners, there, there's much more than just what happens on the practice field for a couple of hours, right? I mean, there's a lot of things that go on now that that uh, these players are doing as they as they get ready for the season. What 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 is a typical day? Yeah, I mean, they're in there early, and, you know, forgot to ask Jameis if he's still the first one in the building, but you know, some of these players get here five, six o'clock in the morning. They're going through. They have individual meetings and they have team meetings. They have position meetings. They get on the field for stuff. They eat, obviously. Then there's things you do after practice, like some of the tight ends might be in the indoor facility getting some extra work in, getting some extra reps. Some players may stay on the field. We've seen James Winston do that. I mean, it's it's a full day's work. And you talk about the schedule. I mean, they're doing this pretty much six days a week. Sunday's really their only off day uh, when yeah. you look at it. So we get to see only a sample of practice, and practice is usually today was a little shorter, but typically at 9 to 11, you know, maybe 11.30, if you will, a couple of hours there. But, um, you know, these players are in the building early, and they stay all day, and then, you know, they come home, go home, uh, eat whatever their nutritionist says, and then come back <laughs> and do it all again tomorrow. No, it's welcome to the um, Get Paid for Pay uh, Play League. Um, very good. All right, so overall, um, in your summation day one, the fact that Michael Thomas was running routes and healthy, the fact that Taysom Hill was healthy, Marcus May, no more limp with Jameis Winston, that's a great day, right? Yeah, I don't know if there could have been a better day uh, for training camp. Again, like Thomas coming back, that's the top storyline. That's the top takeaway. I mean, this is – Again, just such a huge boost to bear with. This guy is going to change a lot. And, and look, I know a lot of people knock him for slant boy or whatever. There's more than that. And he's not going to burn you with speed necessarily. But he's got such a, a physical style, physical style play that it's just hard for corners to, to really go against. And look, yeah. This is going to change the complexity of this offense. It's going to make it more dynamic. There's a lot of things that, that you love about it. Same thing with Taysom Hill playing the way he does. Um, you know, again, it's a, a, about as good of a first day that you could have about everything that you've wanted and to expect from this team. Uh, I forgot to ask. Uh, Alvin Kamara was there and looked good? Yeah, looks good. I mean, looks okay. fine. Um, you know, we talked to Mickey Loomis last night. Kamara, we're not sure if he's going to make that hearing for next Monday uh, on August 1st. That's obviously the biggest milestone that's coming um, next in his particular situation with the legal hearings uh-huh. and proceedings. But, you know, we'll see how that plays out. And it's just kind of wait and see because even if he escapes that discipline uh, from a, a legal standpoint, he can still face NFL discipline. But for now, he's there. He looks like AK, and they're going to need him in a big way. And not Absolutely. just for a guy that needs to carry 20, 25 times a game. He, he's yeah. got to get him involved in the passing game. John, I know you're busy, man. Thank you so much for updating us. That was awesome. We really do appreciate it, man. Have a great day, all right? 
Thanks. Appreciate you as always. Have a good rest of the show. All right. John, John Hendricks, SI.com. You can score a new Apple Watch by sending a simple text message. That's right. The game 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles wants to hook you up with a new Apple Watch. All you have to do to win is join our brand new text club. Simply text game to 337-283-8100. That's game to 337-283-8100. Once you join, you'll be eligible to win an Apple Watch. Plus, you'll have a ton of chances to score other great prizes like Astros tickets and more. It's the Game Text Club. Find out more at 1037thegame.com and 1041thegame.com. All right, so Michael Thomas is back. We'll take our first time out of the day. When we come back, we'll stay in New Orleans. RP3 will join us. The Raging Cajuns turn at Sunbelt Conference Media Days. We'll have that report when we return to the Jordy Helpert Show. On the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, your home for the LSU Tigers, the Houston Astros, and for today, the Sunbelt Conference Media Days in Southwest Louisiana. We'll be right back. Download the free The Game mobile app for Android and Apple devices. No matter where you are in the country, you can listen to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back, boys and girls, on this Wednesday, July 20th, uh, 7th, the year 2022. Um, Sunbelt Conference Media Days, they're coming to a conclusion today. It was the Raging Cajuns' turn. And, of course, our good friend, the host of RP3 and Company, Raymond Parsh III, was there, along with Kevin Foote and um, and others. Um, and... Um, He's joining us now to give us an update on things. Uh, RP3, how are you, man? I'm doing good, brother. I'm doing good. How about yourself? How you doing? I'm good. Things winding down, or how was today? You know, uh, interesting enough, we are winding down. Southern Miss is on the, the – um, up there uh, doing their thing right now, Coach uh, Will Hall, former Raging Cajun offensive coordinator under Mark Husbeth, who's now in the second season at the helm of the Golden Eagles. He's up there speaking with his players right now. But Cajuns did take center stage. But I'll tell you this, uh, as much excitement as there was yesterday about just how competitive the Sunbelt East is going to be, there seems to be more media folks and more people generally in attendance for today's session just focusing on the West which is supposed to be the runaway division for the Raging Cajuns. So I found that kind of interesting that more folks showed up today, media people, than there were for the East Division um, with all the really ultra-competitive teams that are in that side on that side of the conference. Yeah. Um, what did Coach Dez have to say? What, what stood out to you today? You know, it's the same message he's had from day one, and, and I think that it kind of speaks to him, Jordy. And it mm-hmm. kind of speaks to his approach. You know, when he took over on that interim basis and then was, you know, handled the bowl game duties and then was named the head coach. And, you know, when he talked to us during spring football and, and even today, even had him on the show earlier today or off the air, the message is the same, right? It's, it's never gone off of that. It is, mm-hmm. yeah, it's great preseason recognition's great and all, and it shows that people have a level of respect for us, but it doesn't mean anything. Last year's last year. Last year's team was last year's team. This year's this year's team, and we have to prove it to ourselves, and we have to prove it to the rest of the league. And, and that's been his message from jump, and that's the message that the players, Andre Jones and Chris Smith, both had. Those are going to be a couple of your veteran guys that are going to be serving as leaders for this year's Raging Cajuns team. And it was just, hey, we have a process here. We believe in what we do. And 
that was pretty much the message. And the thing that did really kind of stand out to me, though, was from the players, because I, I stood up and I asked them, I said, hey, you know, a lot of players left. They mm-hmm. went into the NCAA transfer portal. They ended up, you know, in places like LSU and TCU in Florida. And, right. you know, you guys had opportunities to, to go elsewhere. You could have decided to go. You know, why was it so important? And the players, Jordy, you know, Coach says it's kind of place things close to the best. The players gave some passionate responses when it came to that. You know, Chris Smith told the story about how Coach Dez actually recruited him out of a small town in Mississippi. And he said, you know, Coach Dez got lost the first time he came for a visit. He ended up another three hours on the road. And he goes, other people came and, you know, didn't think I was good enough to play, you know, at this level. And the Cajuns were committed to me and they came and it's family here. It's part of being a family. And he goes, why would I leave that? I go, he goes, why would we leave? We just won a, a championship. We we're winning, you know, double-digit games, and this team was committed to me. Why am I all of a sudden going to change? And Andre Jones kind of echoed that sentiment. So, you know, it wasn't what the coach said, right? Right. That kind of stood out. But the players, especially these two guys that are going to be looked at as leaders and had opportunities to go elsewhere, you know, they're preseason recognized. They earned preseason honors and everything like that. Uh, they gave some uh, kind of a passionate response there to my question. I love it. And, you know, they they let you know real quick, why would they want to go anywhere else? This is the team that was committed to them, were committed to them back. So I found that to be kind of uh, revealing, rather. Raymond Parsh with us in New Orleans, covering Sunbelt Conference Media Days. You were in Atlanta for the SEC Media Days, and everybody asked Brian Kelly, who the heck's your quarterback going to be? Well, I'm here to tell you, I'm asking you, and Coach Dez, who the heck is the Cajuns quarterback going to be? He's giving clarification on that. It's going to be a two-horse race. There are going to be okay. two guys that are going to compete for camp. One of them, obviously, you already know about Chandler Fields. Chandler, of course, has been the primary backup the last two seasons. Um, behind Levi Lewis, who is one of the great recruits for uh, the program. And, and that, I won't say it was the second, the, the first full recruiting class, but the, really the second recruiting class. For Billy Napier, you know, he seems like he may be the heir apparent, so to speak, to run things. But uh, Woolridge Ben, you know, the young man that came from Fresno State, you know, he's been part of the system. He understands what they want to do. And Coach says, look, it's going to be a competition between the two of them. And when I asked him this morning on my show, he says, look, it's going to come down to whoever we're comfortable with, who's ever the most comfortable running our offense. So it's going to be a wide-open competition. He said, look, the other guys, they're going to get reps. It's not that they're not. He goes, but for the starting job, it comes down to those two guys that are going to get the majority of the reps with the first team. And by the end of the camp, we will decide who our starting quarterback is going to be. So that's, you know, finally some clarification there about that, that it's not, you know, a four- or five-horse race, so to speak. It's down to two guys and two guys that have been in the system for a couple years as well, which I think is key because they're going to run a very similar offense than what they did before under Billy Napier, even though I think you're going to see some wrinkles there, in particular with the passing game, Jordy, because I asked Dez about this. You know, under Billy Napier, with the exception of the first year, they really didn't have a number one wide receiver, right? They had Marcus Bradley. He goes on to the NFL playing for the Cleveland Browns, and they've had a lot of talented guys. But they would go one game where a guy would get – four catches, 84 yards, and a touchdown, and then the next two games he'd get a total of two targets. And there was no consistency there. They didn't have a true number one. I asked him that this morning, just directly, and he said, look, he says if it develops, but he kind of indicated we'd like that to happen, 
I think he's going to say, you see, wait for it organically happening, a rapport between whoever the starting quarterback's going to be and whoever can be the number one and number two wide receiver. I think you're going to see a more of a traditional number one target, especially for a brand new quarterback starting. Raymond Parks, outstanding job in New Orleans. Uh, what is going to be, you know, uh, I just equated to other teams. Um, like, like the Saints are going to hang their hat early on on their defense because that's they're the most returning players and the most veteran players there. Um, you know, LSU's going to on the defensive side with that defensive line and um, and that new secondary core. What, what is the mantra of this raging Cajun club for this year? Do you think? It's the same thing that you just answered. You just answered it. It's the same okay. thing as the other two. It's going to be defense. That, that, that's All what right. they're going to hang their head on. Look, you have Andre Jones that's back. You have Zion Hill that's back. You have Eric Garrett back in the secondary. You have Braylon Trahan, the former Katie High Star, back in the secondary. You have a ton of experience on that side of the football. They like to play defense. And really, that's what they've kind of done. Look, uh, the four years under Billy – they didn't have high-profile offensive attacks. They like to run the ball a lot, and they like to play yeah. defense. That's yeah. what you're going to see here as well. I think you're going to see a little bit more of a passing attack than before right. um, with Dez kind of running the show, so to speak. I think it'll be, like I said, some new wrinkles, but they're going to hang their hat on defense. That's what they're going to have to because that's where they, you know, that's where the majority of their experience right. comes from. Now, they're still going to want to run the football. Now, the offensive line is a big question mark. They have some guys that have some experience, but they had played a couple games, three or four games, and then got injured. Right, Jax Harrington from nearby Erath, he'll be in the mix. He'll probably be one of the starters. They have some other guys that they have to figure out there across the offensive line, but they want to run the football. I mean, that's what they want to do. And even though Dez was a record-setting quarterback, remember, you know this because you saw him play, uh, Des was pretty good at running the football himself as a quarterback, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you're going to want to – they're going to want to run the football. Des has coached the running backs during his time as an assistant at UL. That's part of the identity. I don't think it's going to be drastically different than what we've okay. seen in years past, but definitely early on this season, Jordy, uh, they're going to lean on their defense while their offense, which a lot of new starters, is going to have to oh. kind of find its way, so to speak. Boy, it's amazing. UL, LSU, the Saints, all kind of in the same boat. New coaches, um, relying, all looking for the quarterback is the key. Um, It's really the similarities are amazing. Um, Great job. Thank you so much. I I know you're ready to get get some relaxation in, buddy, but thank you for the job. Well done, all you guys. We really appreciate it. And and, uh, safe travels back to Acadiana, buddy. Thank you. Appreciate you, Jordy. Enjoy the rest of your week, brother. You got it, man. That's uh, Raymond the Third live in New Orleans for Sunbelt Conference Media Days. You know the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles wants to hook you up with our latest Astros weekend getaway. The Red Hot Houston Astros take on the Baltimore Orioles pretty hot as well on Saturday, August 27th, and you can be there. Register in the game clubhouse to score four tickets, a tour of Minute Maid Park, and hotel accommodations that Saturday night. Astros weekend getaways are powered by butcher ac lay meridian houston downtown and the game southwest louisiana's sports station we're brought to you today by eon of lafayette soon to come uh in about a couple of weeks there'll be eon of baton rouge the first touchless robotic 
uh, fat-reducing laser system where you don't feel a thing but cool air. You get that fat removed from your, your belly and your love handles and get it removed permanently. They have financing. Get it done now and go through a very simple 30-second painless process and get financing with Cherry. Get it done now, pay later, you win all the way around. It's for you ladies, it's for you men. You exercise, you eat right, you can't get rid of those love handles. Eon can get it done for you and get rid of it permanently. Permanently. Look it up. Eon, E-O-N of Lafayette. Soon to be Eon of Baton Rouge. Spread the word. Uh, it really works. It is terrific. All right, we'll take a timeout. When we come back, we'll stay on the college football scene, the Big Ten having their media days, and they're talking about, hey, we ain't done expanding. We're not done. We'll talk with Mike Huguenin on 3.com when we return on this Wednesday edition of the Jordy Helpert Show on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Stay with us. Uh-oh. Do you know what day it is? Huh? Anybody? It's time for Jordy to break down the biggest storylines in college athletics with Mike Huguenin of On3.com. Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? Here is Hump Day with Huguenin. On the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Uh, my main man, Michael Huguenin, joining us as uh, whether you know it or not, LSU football gets underway in 39 days and other college football teams play a little bit sooner than that. Michael, good afternoon, my friend. How you doing, buddy? Doing well. And yeah, a bunch of teams open practice today. If you play uh, in week zero, uh, you could start practice today because it's a month out. So uh, among the schools starting today, Florida State, Nebraska. So yeah. interesting situations at those schools. FSU um, has fallen a long way, and Nebraska, Nebraska. continues in its free wow. fall. So we're, now that practice has started, the, the season is here, thankfully. I'm glad you mentioned Nebraska. Uh, I'm just curious. What do you think? I mean, at they were so good for so long. What happened? What, what, why have they nosedived and never come out of the crevasse? That, that's, that's a good question. I mean, they played for the national title in 2001 and, and got hammered by Miami. And if you talk to some people, that, that was the year um, Eric Crouch won the Heisman. Yep. Colorado crushed them. In the Big 12 title game, and Nebraska still got to go to the national title game, and Miami ran all over. So I think you could argue that ever since then, they've sort of, that that started them on their slide, and it's been precipitous. Um, Frost has reconfigured his staff. He took a lower salary. His buyout has been cut in half. And Trev Alberts at, at Big Ten Media Days admitted that, you know, he, he thinks. And I think that we've done everything we can to get this team ready for this year. You know, he's, he's talking about Frost. He understands what he has to do. I understand what has to be done. The players understand what has to be done. Um, they do have a new quarterback, Casey Thompson, who transferred in from Texas. Um, they have a, a really good edge rush transfer, Ochon Mathis, who came from TCU. But you look at the Big Ten West, I don't think they're as good as Wisconsin. I don't think they're as good as Minnesota. 
I'm not sure they're as good as Iowa or Purdue. And that's where Nebraska is these days. Oh, my God, they're not as good as Minnesota and Iowa. And that's sort of a microcosm in, in the bigger scheme of things. Forget catching the Ohio State and Alabama to the world. How about finishing second or third in your own division? And, and yeah. Nebraska can't do that anymore. It seems like they moved to the Big Ten, and uh, it's gotten worse. Um, it's just gotten worse. So I, I don't know. It's hard to believe. Um, the commish came out and said, we're evaluating, and they've got Cal, Oregon, Stanford, and Washington on their further expansion list. Uh, do you think that Big Ten will balloon to a 20-team league or even more? I, I think it could if the TV money numbers are there. That's what it's all about. Um and, I, I, and, you know, I give Kevin Warren credit for saying, you know, we might not be done yet. <clears throat> and I know last week Sankey said, well, you know, we're done. No, you're not. Um, we talked about that last week cause, because if Notre Dame walks into Sankey's office, SEC is expanding. So I think that this is another smart um, public relations move, if nothing else, for the Big Ten, the idea that they may expand more. Um, Stanford brings a lot of prestige and a phenomenal overall athletic program. Um, football, though, no one really cares, and that's an issue, I think. Oregon mm-hmm. and Washington bring extremely passionate fan bases, extremely passionate, and relatively large TV markets. Seattle is a top 20 TV market. Portland is top 30. So yeah. um, those schools, on some respects, make sense. Um, and I guess if you're USC and UCLA, the idea that, hey, we're not going to be the only two schools that are the outliers, and that's interesting as well. <laughs> Mike Huguenin on 3.com. Um, will, will they give the Heisman Trophy? Well, they, they've done it before, but a Heisman Trophy to a guy like Will Anderson um, from Alabama? Is that? I mean, I've heard co- some writers say, heck no, I'll never do that. But um, do you think that's a good possibility this year? I think that now that the practices have started, people are starting to focus more on on-field stuff. I think an issue with with Bryce Young, Will Anderson, C.J. Stroud, Jackson Smith, Najigba, maybe even Trayvon Henderson, the Ohio State running back, you have players on your own team who are going to put up big-time numbers. And it's you know it's one thing if Will Anderson played for LSU or played for Texas or played for Oklahoma. Um, you know, if you're if you're a, a, a voting writer, you may say, you know, something as good as Will Anderson is, Bryce Young's the most important player on his team. So yeah. that's it's going to be hard. I, I don't think it's necessarily. Yeah, yes, obviously, it's hard for a defensive player to win it. But I would argue that Will Anderson's biggest issue was he's on the same team with Bryce Young. Gotcha. Um... Were you disappointed that, uh, that that there's kumbaya between Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher? They they kind of settled their beat, but this looks like they're all fighting for for the same thing, and that's to um, uh, lobby for NIL policies to be the same across the board. So in, in a way, um, despite their their public outcry and accusing a coach of buying, which we all believe to be true, because everybody does now. Um, but they're fighting for the same thing, it seems like, and that's for NIL policies to be the same across the board. Yeah, I think every coach wants that. Um, now, there might be a handful who are thinking we actually have an advantage, so 
I need to take advantage of this while it's like this. But I think for the most part, 90% of the coaches would like to see some uniformity. Um, and, and that's the issue. The NCAA, obviously, because it's the NCAA, has no policy. Um, each state is different. Heck, some states allow high school players to make NIL money. Um, it's, it's extremely difficult to compete on even ground when you're, maybe, maybe your land is fenced in and your neighbor's isn't. So, you know, his, his herd of cattle move everywhere and eat everything while your herd of cattle is confined by a fence. And that's sort of a, obviously a metaphor, a very bad metaphor, but it is interesting that there are, there are different rules for NIL. And yeah. that's not the way it should be. And again, that's the NCA advocating its responsibility. And I do think most coaches, just like most coaches are for a legitimate transfer portal calendar, I think most coaches, fewer, but still a heck of a lot, want NIL to be uniform. No question. Because it's, you're, sometimes you are, you're, you're playing basketball, um, you're 6'2", and you're playing against a seven foot guy who, is playing in you know three seconds the whole time, so it, it is uneven and it's unfair. Like you get on three dot com, the NCAA is, is going to vote on, and they're basically saying we're going to let you transfer as much as you want, as often as you want, no big deal. Um, go, just do it. What are they doing? What, what, I, I, I got mean, no problem. I got no problem with that. Uh, I think okay. with I think the at first blush, you're like, oh my god, it's total free agency, but. You look at there's I believe there's there's 131 FBS quarterbacks. Obviously, there'll be 131 starting FBS quarterbacks. We did a story two weeks ago. I believe eight of them are on their third school already. So with the way the NCA grants waivers, it's extremely afraid of not granting a waiver because it feels like it's going to be sued. So it basically is unfettered as it is. You look like a, a guy like Charlie Brewer, the former Baylor starter. He was at Utah last year, and now he's at Liberty. Um, you know, three different schools in three years. So, and yes, he is a grad transfer, and the rules are different for grad transfers. But the heck, there's I think four or five quarterbacks who aren't grad transfers who are already on their third school. So, um, I don't think it's as bad as the naysayers say it will be because it basically is that way now. Because again. The NCA grants waivers willingly. Yeah. Really, Mike. Um, the other big story was Tennessee received a notice of allegations. NCAA has alleged eighteen level one violations under ex-coach Jeremy Pruitt. Eighteen level one. My, my gosh, that's crazy. I, I still, yeah, I still don't think there's going to be that harsh of a punishment because a lot of the stuff. Now, okay, I get the fact that everything Tennessee did illegally is now basically legal. Um, And Tennessee quickly moved to get rid of Pruitt, and they basically, they wanted to get rid of Pruitt so badly that they basically said, here's our investigation, NCAA, we did a lot of bad stuff, here it is. And I think all this was basically because they wanted to get rid of Jeremy Pruitt. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't think the NC is going to come down hard. I think there's going to be maybe some monetary, financial aspects of this. But, you know, is, are there going to be a bowl ban? No. 
Um, TV ban, obviously not. Maybe they lose a couple of scholarships. I think in the long run, Tennessee's plan was to get rid of Jeremy Pruitt, and it worked. Still, the jury's out on Heifel as a recruiter. Um, certainly, the last year, he did a nice job of coaching the team. But I think Tennessee, frankly, yes, that's a lot of negative publicity. But I think they're thinking, you know something? That's fine because we got rid of Jeremy Pruitt. Gotcha. Mike Huguenin on 3.com. Um, had a little slippage from Clemson. Uh, are, are the uh, are the, the fighting um, Dabos going to be back and be in national contention this year, do you think? I don't see what everybody else sees. Um, I, I see a really good defense. Uh, that's what I saw last year. Um, okay. Last year, the problem was an offense. And I think receiving core is actually not any better than it was last year. I'm still not sold on Uyunga Lale. Um, the running backs look really good. Um, the offensive line, most of them return. Uh, that offensive line last year was not good. And if you look at their main competitors in, in their division, Wake Forest, vastly better offense. NC State has a better offense. Um, Clemson has the best defense of the three, but they had the best defense of the three last year. So mm-hmm. I, I'm not, I don't see Clemson as a top five team. I'm not sure there's any ACC team that's a top 10 team. I'm not bullish at all on Clemson's offense. Uh, defensively, it, it's a very solid unit, especially up front, but this is also a team that's changing its coordinators. And I think yeah. Brent Venables was hired by Frank Howard, who's been there so long. So, um, there's a lot of change at Clemson, but I don't think the offense changed enough. I'm not buying Clemson as a top-five team. Mike Hugan and On3.com, would you say that um, – would you take the bet that of the final four, you believe three teams are already set and they're basically the same three, Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State? Would you bet that those three would be there when, when, the, la- when the dust settles? Yes. I think Georgia is not going to be as good as they were last year, but they're also in the SEC East, and I'm not sure any team in that division is going to come within 10 points of them. Um, I think Ohio State is going to be better than they were last year. Uh, they're unquestionably going to be better defensively, so I think that means overall they're going to be better. Yeah, mm-hmm. the thing that they lost two first-round wide receivers, and their passing attack is going to be lethal again anyway. Um, that's how much talent they have at wide receiver. And Alabama, um, that's another team who's going to have a better defense than they had last year. The, the reigning Heisman winner, they added two hugely important skill position pieces mm-hmm. through the portal. They added a great corner through the portal, and they added a starting left tackle through the portal. So I think those three, yeah, are going to be there. Okay. Um, I don't think there's going to be a group of five teams, so the question okay. is who's number four, and, and that's going to be exceedingly interesting. I don't, again, I don't think it's Clemson. I don't think anybody from the Pac-12. It'll be interesting to see what happens in the Big 12. But, man, maybe this is is the year where there's two SEC and two Big Ten. Wow. That would not be shocking to me. And the other Big Ten would be Michigan? You believe in Harbaugh? I think so. I think Michigan, I think people, because Harbaugh was so heavily criticized and he deserved it all, but I think that, the changes he made defensively to his staff last year helped. The changes he made to his offensive staff helped. And I know they lost Josh Gaddis, their offensive coordinator. 
I'll be honest, uh, I don't think they're going to miss Josh Gaddis at all. Um, <laughs> I think the running game is going to be really good. Their offensive line won the Joe Moore Award last year. It's going to be better this year, I think, because they have the transfer center from Virginia who is a mauler. And defensively, um, they're not going to be as good up front, obviously, but I think they're actually going to be better in the back seven. So I think Michigan is a very, very strong team again. Uh, you said I'm, you're not buying what everybody thinks they see in Clemson. What is it with Texas? I mean, I hear teams pick 11 and one or whatever, and they're going to be yeah, unbelievable. The, what, yeah, the what? FBI had them, I think, uh, nine and three, but favored in 11 in their 12 games. Um, I can see them going nine, three, eight, four. I think Quinn Ewers will be a bump up in quarterback play. Um, they have. I mean, they they might have the best running back combo in the country in Bijan Robinson and Roshan Johnson. I mean, no one knows who Roshan Johnson is. He's considered a second day draft pick. We wrote about him last month in that regard. A really good receiving core with Xavier Worthy and Isaiah Nayer. Nayer transferred from Wyoming. Defensively, though, my goodness, that is a team that is a mess. So I think that the defense is going to be their downfall, but I think they will be better offensively and get they'll be on track to be a 10-win team in 2023. They're not winning 10 this year, but I think they, they're going to be markedly better, just like USC is going to be markedly better. But, yeah, Texas, yeah, Texas ain't a top-10 team. They're not a top-15 team. They might be top-20. They're certainly, I think, maybe between 19 and 25. Are they the best team in the, the Big 12? No, or I, think, is it I, think, I think Oklahoma State and Oklahoma are better, and I think Baylor is extremely interesting. They lost a bunch of dudes. I mean, people talk about the guys they lost on defense. I, I think the key loss is Abram Smith, their running back. He yes, ran for 1,500 yards state. last year. Yeah, um, they changed state. quarterbacks. Bill Hannon took them to a New Year's Six Bowl, and they told him, Dude, you're not starting anymore. So he transferred to USF. Um, Oklahoma State is they, – they should have won the league last year. Um, but, you know, Gundy, as good a coach as he is, his team always seems to have one game where they don't get it done. Um, Oklahoma State's defense, it's going to be interesting to see what they do with Derek Mason because Jim Knowles left for Ohio State. Still a talented defense. The, the, big, the big 12 – Top three or four in the Big 12, that's going to be a very interesting race. So, again, Texas does not have the defense to win the league, um, but as they will have a say in who does, if you could mesh the Baylor defense with the Texas offense, that's a (laughs) playoff team. Because Uh, I'm not sure there's a better defensive line in the nation than Baylor's. I'll take Dave Aranda, and I'll take Mike Cuban in every Wednesday, man. You're the best. Thank you, my friend. Have a great rest of your week. next week. Thanks. Tune in next week to the Jordy Holbert Show for Hump Day with Huguenin. Here on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. The Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com and 1041 
thegame.com can help you with your date night blues. That's because once you become a member of our rewards club, you'll have the opportunity to win excellent prizes like a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Takeouts at Cypress Bayou or a $50 gift certificate to the Half Shell Oyster House or a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen. But you can only score these great prizes by becoming a member of the Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. It's free. It's simple. So go sign up today and and win. We all love to win. We all love winners. Yes, indeed. All right. So our number one's in the books coming up. Our number two, it's uh, it's recruiting week. Uh, LSU will report to camp for fall practice next week. So they're getting in all the recruiting visits they can this week. We'll talk with TigerBait.com's Mike Scarborough about that. And Frank Schwab will join us to talk all things NFL. Michael Thomas is back and he's Better than ever, we hope, but he's back. Taysom Hill is healthy. Jameis Winston looks healthy. Um, Guys look good. So we'll talk all things NFL with uh, Frank Schwab from Yahoo Sports. All right, our number one's in the books. Our number two straight ahead, the Jordy Helpert Show on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Your home for the Houston Astros, the LSU Tigers in southwest Louisiana. Live and local. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. Our hour number two of two, and away we go. Welcome aboard on this Wednesday, July 27th, the year 2022. My main man, James Mesh, back in the Master Control Studios of the game, which is on the campus of Delta Media, which houses KLWB, which is 1037 Lafayette. We're also on 1041 in Lake Charles. We are streaming 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com, all over the world. And if you're in the Acadiana area, we're Simon cast on stadium 32.3 and 133 on lus fiber if you missed hour number one we took you straight to saints training camp the big news michael thomas back in action that's great everybody else looks healthy well then we went to we stayed in new orleans for sunbelt conference media days and got the latest on the rage and cations then we talked with michael huguenin from on3.com about the big 10 and all the things going on in college football if you missed those you can go to our websites go on demand they'll be up there and running you can find them but we begin our number two i do believe it's a recruiting week as lsu gets ready to report for fall camp next week uh this week is a big recruiting week so who knows recruiting better nobody than mike scarborough of tigerbait.com he joins us now mike thanks for your your patience um i i, I greatly appreciate your time my friend how you been buddy Doing good. Just a little bit of a breather. Yeah, LSU's got the Bayou Splash event on on Friday, and uh, we've got feelers out to see who's going to attend, who's not. Uh, I know uh, there's one in College Station at Texas A&M, another type of barbecue pool-style event uh, that a lot of uh, college programs are wanting to get in this last weekend before everybody starts practices next week. So, um Okay. A lot of people locally interested in Shelton Sampson and uh, whether Lance Hurd is coming down and, and a few others. 
Okay. The Bayou Splash Party. So is this at a Brian Kelly house? I've I've heard rum- rumors of jet skis. And uh, are we going to some um, rich alumni's camp and having a a big blowout like that? What What are you hearing about this on Friday? Yeah, I have not gotten any details on it. They're, 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 it's a little vague. Uh, there's been talk of it being at, at Brian Kelly's house. Um, I don't think you're going to be doing any jet skiing on, no. on University Lakes. But, no. um, in fact, aren't they about to drain it if they haven't already? I don't, I don't know. I know they got all kinds of dredging machines out there in the lake, so nobody's going to be doing jet skiing out there for sure. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's illegal, isn't it? I think it is. Yes. Yeah. I think it is. You know, football, they, they make their own rules. If, if Brian Kelly wants that, that Brian Kelly gets that, but I'm just curious as to see. So that's like the new Vogue thing, right? Barbecues and swimming parties. Yeah. And, uh, you know, of course, Brian Kelly, that was something that I wasn't aware of until he said it in the spring, um, that he purposely bought that home that he purchased Because under uh, he read the rule book, and under an NCAA rule, if you're within a, a, a mile of campus, you can host recruits at your home. That's right. And so, and so he bought that home, and and uh, with a great view, and and um, it's nice. So it looks, it looks like uh, you know he's going to be using that a, a good bit. I, I I think we're we're you know that's. We've seen some unique things from him in recruiting, and, and, and I, don't, I don't think we're done. I think there's going to be uh, some different approaches that he has, and, and, and I absolutely believe that since he's gotten here, uh, I think he's, he's loved everything he's discovering about Louisiana and the culture and the food and the, uh, the, the way of life. I, I think he's enjoying all of it. I agree. And when he came out of the, the SEC media days and said, man, the, the fans, they, they love football. They love family. They love food. He said, I should have been in the South a long time ago. Now, that's just endearing to this to this population along those lines. And he's done a good job. I mean, he got a, a, the latest commitment, right, was the class of 2024, that four-star tight end, Tavion Galloway, um, uh, out of Ohio. Um, so that that tells me a lot right there. Yeah, Chillicothe, and, and obviously Coach Denbrock, who coaches and recruits tight ends, having been at Cincinnati, um, was already familiar with Galloway, and uh, of course he announced uh, it is church last uh, Saturday early evening, mm-hmm. and uh, that was a, a really really nice pickup. So um, the you know we were sitting there at the end of May with LSU sitting at a handful of commitments Nothing. five. Right. And 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 I I thought the over and under on how many they'd have by Labor Day would be would they even get into the teens, <laughs> and so I, I thought twelve or thirteen. Well, they're they're fully approaching uh, where an Ellison class usually is by the end of mm-hmm. August. So uh, I think we're, we're there was there's still some guys out there that I think are going to want to get it done and over with before before their senior uh, year starts. Uh, I know Jaden Alberry is going to go down next Thursday, August fourth, which is, is also that? the first day of LSU practice. So who, there's who still some that? guys out there that can get it done. Who is that? What and what position does he play? Yeah, well, that's that's Virgil Alberry's son, Jaden. Oh, Osbury. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, is that Notre Dame? Is it A and M? I don't think it's LSU. Um, of course, his older brother Austin's at Auburn. Yeah. Um, but uh, I know the Notre Dame folks that I talked to seem 
very confident. I know they want him bad, so uh, but uh, that'll happen. You got uh, Lance Hurd up at Neville. Um, there's been rumblings for weeks that he might be on the cusp of getting it over with. Um, you got all the hashtags with Shelton Sampson. They started one up for Derek Williams, who of course committed to Texas a few weeks ago and uh, got everybody upset from New Iberia Westgate. And um, <laughs> but uh, 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 there's got, there's still some stuff that can be done in recruiting. But for the most part, starting next week between all these high school kids starting their own football practices and LSU, the attention is going to turn to to on the field. Um, And then recruiting will take a back seat until you start hosting uh, kids on campus for for home football games. Uh, Mike Scarborough, TigerBait.com. We've mentioned, is is offensive line still the most important uh, aspect of this upcoming recruiting class? They still have to get some more of those? Or are there some other positions of need that you see? Uh, I, I think you, you want Brad Davis to have a run the way Jamar Cain did, where he's got okay. three or four uh, offensive linemen on board. Um, that That is very much a need position uh, for this class. And, um, you know, obviously they, they got one uh, a few weeks ago uh, in Mobinga, but you know, Basonis, Chase Basonis from New Jersey, who had visited LSU, committed A&M last week. I think T.J. Shanahan, who they've offered uh, from Austin, I think he's looking like Texas A&M. So, you know, who are going to be some of the offensive linemen that, that come into the fold? Tyree Adams from St. Aug is going to be on campus this weekend. And so uh, that, 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 that's a big deal. Um, you got Marky Anderson out in South Carolina, who they like. Um, but I wonder if you're going to get three or four uh, high school kids to be a part of the class, but maybe they're going to need to go portal again for another two or three. Have you heard about any of these commitments? Are they going to be early enrollees? Have they, have they gotten to that point yet? Um, I typically will ask those kids when they commit, are you an early enrollee? And this is the time of year where there's kids that will either say, I plan on it or I'm not sure. Okay. And if, if they say not sure at this point, you, you would have had to have done the additional work in summers uh, right. and had everything lined up so that you know you've only got one semester left and you can indeed leave at midterm. Gotcha. Makes perfect sense. Um, Mike Scarborough of TigerBait.com. So um, do we officially know when LSU starts practice? I haven't heard anything. Yeah, next Thursday. Uh, that was something that Coach Kelly said at the Rotary today. So they'll oh, report okay. on, so I guess, Wednesday. And they'll do the whole um, – I think there's still some media guys that will go watch guys walk down the sidewalk with microwave ovens. I, I don't know. Um <laughs> But, uh, yeah, you remember that? Like, uh, seeing pickup yeah. trucks at Broussard Hall. Um, yeah. Remember that? Yeah. We had we made the beeline. We had to get a little mini refrigerator in ours because that was the most important thing. I mean, golly, it takes a lot. Yeah, seeing uh, offensive microwaves, we could have carried mini less. refrigerator. 
Mini Frigs was number one on the list by far. And I was lucky. My roommate had the turntable, had the TV. He had, he had it all set up. When, but when I checked in and, and got into my room, it was all, I said, this is great. I'll go get the Frigs, man. That's the least I can do. So we did that. Um, level of importance um, of, of Louisiana kids that are still out there that, that LSU's hot and heavy on. Give me three or four names that you uh, think LSU really needs to get. I think quarterback Ricky Collins, currently committed to Purdue. Okay. I think he's a must-get. Obviously, you got the two running backs already in the fold in Holly and Caleb Jackson. Right. Um, Shelton Sampson, I like Kai Preen a lot at St. James. Not enough people talk about him. Uh, he will be the uh, Bayou Splash event, he confirmed for me yesterday. Uh, okay. Of course, Shelton Sampson, um, you know, uh, is there any more that they're going to do at the, at the tight end spot? I think so, um, but there, you know, there isn't one in Louisiana for for twenty three. Um, Tyree Adams, who I mentioned uh, from Saint Aug, but I really like Caden Jones at De La Salle. He's one that we've been talking about as a project and need to get big and stronger. Uh, but I wonder now that when you're not confined to a twenty five and you can get to eighty five, if you don't go ahead and just take a flyer on him now. Because I think in a couple of years, he's, he could absolutely uh, be a beast, even though uh, right now I think Adams looks like the better prospect now. Mm-hmm. I think in a couple of years, Caden uh, Jones at De La Salle is one that uh, you, you probably want to go ahead and, and uh, take a kid that uh, might need some seasoning. Um, okay. Again, no defensive linemen in the state, no edge rushers in the state for this year. Um, and... Of course, Allsbury will go down next week. We don't think that'll be LSU, right? And and then you—that's. Uh, I think Jordan Matthews. I, I reached out to his dad, Rashawn, and uh, not going to the Bayou Splash event. Uh, Jordan's all over town wearing Stanford gear. Uh, that that's looking like Stanford. So um, I think that's it. And Kylan Jackson at Zachary, you know, uh, okay. the safety. Um, and of course, okay. and you, you sit out there and you want to try and flip Derek Williams um, and then go from there. Gotcha. Mike, he, uh, Mike Scarborough, mm-hmm. TigerBait.com. So next Thursday, LSU opens camp. Um, any media uh, restrictions? Uh, is, uh, how, how's that going to work this year? Do you know? Yeah. I mean, look, obviously, uh, we were all just just incredulous over how great the media access was in the spring. And Brian Kelly did say, look, it's not going to be like this in fall, right. which, you know, is expected. But, you know, what are we going to get? Um, I have a feeling he's going to be absolutely fair with us um, based on everything. I mean, look at the media access he's given. I mean, his staff are doing interviews every day everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there isn't an ounce of him being paranoid or we speak in one voice, which what we've seen from the last three football coaches <laughs> at LSU. So I'm assuming, yeah. you know, even if we get six or seven – you know, practices, and then him and players at, at a normal clip. I'm, I'm not going to be surprised if we don't get, you know, the three coordinators again like we did in the spring at some point before be camp great. wraps up at the end of August. So, yeah. Um, I, 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 but, you know, when are we going to get that? I'm, I'm assuming we'll get something from Bonnet early next week. 
All right, we are, what, 39 days away from LSU and Florida State. 39 days. Boy, they got a lot of work to get done in a, with a lot of positions up for grab. Um, my goodness gracious, a, a lot of work to get done, and uh, we, we we shall see. But, uh, Mike, thank you so much. Um, any more details you get on the, the Bayou Splash Party, please text me. Let me know about it. All right. I will hope, I, I, I'm, I'm, at some point, I hope to even know what the, uh, what the food spread is. <laughs> I want to know all the details. Thank you, Mike. Have a great week, buddy. Right, Thanks, man. Yeah, you're all the right. best. Mike Scarborough of TigerBait.com. You know, you can score a new Apple Watch by sending a simple text message. That's right. The game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, wants to hook you up with a new Apple Watch. All you have to do to win is join our brand new text club. Simply text GAME to 337-283-8100. That's GAME to 337-283-8100. And once you join, you'll be eligible to win an Apple Watch. Plus, You'll have a ton of chances to score other great prizes like Astros tickets and more. It's the Game Text Club. Find out more at 1037thegame.com and 1041thegame.com. When we return, we told you that Michael Thomas was back. We're going to hear from Dennis Allen on his thoughts on a variety of topics as the new head man of the New Orleans Saints. His training camp is underway. That's next here, the Jordy Helpert Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, your home for the Houston Astros and your home for the LSU Tigers in Southwest Louisiana. Time to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history. July 27, 1992. The Houston Astros begin a 26-game road trip to help make room inside the Astrodome for the Republican National Convention. That was this day in sports history. We now return to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. And we are back. The game 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles wants to hook you up with our latest Astros weekend getaway. The Red Hot Houston Astros take on the Baltimore Orioles on Saturday, August 27th. You can be there. Register in the game clubhouse to score four tickets, a tour of Minute Maid Park, and hotel accommodations. That's Saturday night. Astros weekend getaways powered by Butcher AC, Lay Meridian Houston downtown in the game Southwest Louisiana's sports station. We told you, um, and we started off our show, uh, John Hendricks joins us. The news of the day is um, Michael Thomas in action, good to go, look great, um, such an impactful player. Taysom Hill, uh, such an impactful player. He was healthy, no limp with uh, Jameis Winston. So things are looking, it was about as good of a first day as you could have for the New Orleans Saints on a very, very important year. Dennis Allen met with the media yesterday, and here was his opening statement as the new head coach of the New Orleans Saints. We're excited about getting started. Feel great about where we're at as a team right now. Excited about getting going. You know, we got a lot of work to do, a ton. You know, I know everybody talks about all these cliches and everything, but, you know, we just got to take it one day at a time and continue to improve, improve every single day. And, and that's really what our, what our thought process is right now. A lot of work to do. I like Dennis Allen. Um, Jameis Winston's the unquestioned quarterback. There is no competition there. Dennis Allen talked about Jameis as a leader of this ball club. Well, I'd say he's a quality leader. I think he's verbal when he needs to be verbal. I think he, he's, he, he's motivational. You know, I think 
more so than anything, the, 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 the leadership quality that I appreciate the most out of him is work ethic. Because it doesn't matter what you say if you don't back it up with what you do. And um, I think he's got incredible work ethic, and, and, and I think our guys you know, gravitate to his personality. I love that. Um, mantra, what is, the, what is this team all about? What is, as a coach, you try and set up a mission statement, right? You, you set up a mission statement and say, look, we're going to be this. We're going to be this. Nobody's going to be in better shape than us. Nobody's going to hit harder than us. But nobody's going to be more disciplined than us. Mo- nobody's going to execute better than us. Uh, Dennis Allen talked about the mantra of this New Orleans Saints team. Yeah, we're going to be we're going to be tough. We're going to be smart. And we're going to be highly competitive. We're going to compete our tail off in everything that we do, and and that's really been that's been our mantra about how we've played defense around here for since 2017, really. And I think we've seen some of the fruits of that labor, and 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 that's that can be carried over to you know our whole football team. And so you know it's not some you know, fancy cliche or anything like that, but that's what wins in our in our league. There's no doubt about that. You know, if you listen to this show, I'm a huge proponent of Taysom Hill. I just love the the versatility, um, the toughness, uh, the playmaking ability, and he can play in a myriad of things. He, you know, he's on special teams. He's he's lined up at quarterback. He's lined up at running back. He's lined up in in the slot as a wide receiver this year. Is he going to be a tight end at a tight end only? Well, Dennis Allen was asked about Taysom Hill's role this year. I think it's going to be very similar to what we've seen in the past. You know, I think he's going to provide multiple roles for us. There'll be a lot of working with the with the tight end grouping, but yet, you know, he'll 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 still take some snaps from the quarterback position. We're still going to utilize him, you know, in that role. I don't see like a ton different. There's still going to be a lot of special teams that he's going to participate in. He's a, he's a really good football player, and we want to utilize his skill set, and and he can he can help us win football games. He is a football player. You can't pigeon him, pigeonhole him into one spot. You've got to let him do what makes him effective. And that's what I loved about uh, what Sean Payton and now what appears to be what Dennis Allen and P. Carmichael are going to do. And that's let Taysom be Taysom. Let him play a myriad of spots. Make it difficult on the defense. Um, James, I'm going to add a couple more, so uh, I'll give you plenty of lead time. Uh, Dennis Allen was also asked about um, the Alvin Kamara situation. And, and we've talked about this. Um, and it, it appears that he may play the whole season, and before this thing even goes to court or to trial or there is a decision made by the league, or maybe things change. If they do change, Dennis Allen was asked if Taysom Hill would be an option at running back if Kamara is suspended. Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't rule anything out, uh, you know, for Taysom in terms of what he's capable of doing. Hell, we, we tried to recruiting mode to play Sam linebacker for us a couple of years ago. Um, so so he, he's certainly a, a versatile player, and we're going to utilize him in a lot of different roles. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, 
let him play in that quarterback position and snap it to him uh, and, and let him pick his spot and let him run and let him go. So uh, day one, again, uh, about as good of a day as you could. Teran Matthew dealing with a family issue. He was um, given, uh, granted permission uh, to not be there today when he comes back. Your guess is as good as mine, but the Wiley veteran that he is, uh, no no big deal. And look, there aren't many position spots available here. Maybe along the offensive line, is it going to be Trevor Penning starting as a rookie, or is it going to be James Hurst starting at that left tackle position until Penning gets up to speed other than that you tell me where there's a position battle i just don't i don't see one um one more one strength of this club and and so much depends upon the development of marcus davenport um and others right and others and that's the defensive line and that's you know you gotta control the line of scrimmage i don't care what level of football it is you gotta control the line of scrimmage it just makes things better you gotta be able to stop the run with your line of scrimmage you gotta affect the quarterback with your defensive line here's dennis allen talking about what's something he should know because he's the defensive guy talked about his defensive line yeah it's a good group we got a lot of talented players i think they're they're coached really well and I think they play extremely hard and they do the things that we're asking them to do. And yeah, we do have good depth at, at, at that position. And I would say this, I would say, you know, one of the things that we wanted to do this off season was build a highly competitive roster. All right, we talked about our roster and our team being, you know, tough, smart, and competitive. Well, part of that is that I want our guys competing every day. And how do you encourage competition is, well, you, you get a lot of really good players. And you have to compete to stay on top. So, yeah, I, I think that's – I feel good about that. And I think we're in a good spot there. All right. So that's Dennis Allen. Just a couple of little uh, sound bites of him as, he, as, as camp is underway. Uh, so many people have already penciled have, in ink, have put the Tampa Bay Buccaneers up there. And of course, Tampa Bay gets Julio Jones to a one-year contract. They're, they're kind of, uh, they, they appear to me to be like the LA Lakers. They're bringing the old guys back together uh, to see if they make an, another run. They're trying to help Tom Brady with experience and guys that he thinks he can trust. And, um, and Julio Jones was terrific with the Falcons. He had a kind of a down year last year with the Titans. Uh, they're hoping he can resurrect and come with one more run. One more run. So so we shall see. So uh, I like the Saints. I like their position groups. Um, I think it's a uh, I think it's a bunch of veterans <coughs> that are ready to go. And I think the, the coaching aspect is going to be fine. I, I'm just a believer uh, in this Saints club. I am. And I think they're going to be, <coughs> excuse me, better than a lot of people think they will be. And of course, everything's predicated on health. And you know the old cliches: got to stay healthy. Key position guys have to play. Um, and of course, Taysom Hill has to doesn't have to be great. Does not have to be great. Doesn't have to be MVP like. Now, if he is, well, great. All the better. Just got to play the game. Get the ball to your playmakers. Make plays when you need to. Move the chains. Get points. That's simple. You got a lot of weapons around you, man. A lot of weapons. A lot. So Thomas, Landry, Olave, Hill, Kamara. Sheesh. That, that's pretty good. A good, strong offensive line. That's pretty good. If you can't do it with that, 
then you don't need to be the quarterback. Plain and simple. All right, the game clubhouse at 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com can help you with your date night blues. That's because once you become a member of our rewards club, you'll have the opportunity to win excellent prizes. How about a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse at Cypress Bayou? How about a $50 gift certificate to the Half Shell Oyster House? Or a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen? We can only score these great prizes by becoming a member of the game clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. It's free. It's simple. So go sign up today. Don't you dare go anywhere. The Schwab is next. We're talking all things NFL here on the Jordy Helper Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. You're home for the LSU Tigers in Southwest Louisiana. We love talking about sports. Yeah. You love listening to sports. Yeah. Sounds like we were meant to be together, or at least friends with benefits. Aren't you glad you found us? Yep. Yep. Back to more of the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. 36 minutes after the hour, NFL training camps are underway. Hope springs eternal. And we're thrilled to have uh, the Schwab, Frank Schwab from Yahoo Sports joining us. Frank from Denver, Colorado, where they're excited about um, Russell Wilson. How are you, my friend? Doing well, doing well. Just it's it's kind of crazy that, yeah, training camp's going on. The NFL, it's, it still seems like summer, but yet the NFL is right here. Uh, it, it's going to be here before we know it. We got a quarterback that shows up to camp looking like Nicholas Cage and Con Air. We've got a, a quarterback that's been given permission to go and find a team to play for. But we've got, I've got to start and ask you have you ever heard or seen anything like Kyler Murray's homework clause in his contract? Never, never. I mean, it is just crazy. And, you know, I mean, I'm sure people, mostly Cardinals fans, want to come up with reasons and, oh, it's not really what it seems. But as my coworker Charles Robinson pointed out this week, you don't put a clause in a contract like that unless you're worried about it. Like, the Cardinals aren't sitting there finishing up a $230 million deal and decide, you know, it's fun. Let's just put in this clause about you having to study 45 minutes a day during the week. It's, it's just, uh, it's crazy. And crazy. I'm sure the Cardinals didn't want it to get out, but I don't, I guess I don't know who leaked it either. It's, it just, it's just weird. It's, you don't put that in a contract. What are you doing? Like it's, it's almost unenforceable anyway. I don't know. I'm just, uh, it's just baffling to me. And, you know, even Kyler says, hey, I'm not a guy who's just grinding film 24 hours a day. I kind of see things a different way. And maybe he's right. He's had a lot of success in the NFL. It's just troubling. It's, you know, when you give a guy $230 million a year, $230 million deal, you don't want to have to worry about him putting in the extra work away from the facility. I mean, it's, uh, it's just weird. And like you said, I, I've never heard of it before. Nothing like this. I mean, it, it does not paint a pretty picture, and people are going to always formulate their opinions, and it does not paint a pretty picture of uh, Kyler Murray. But we all he has, all he has to do is win, get to the playoffs, and win games, and nobody will even remember that uh, that homework clause. Uh, you did an article, and I want your opinion. Uh, it's called, What Happens Next with Jimmy Garoppolo? Here are the five most likely scenarios. So, um I've got to imagine there's a coach and an offensive coordinator that's looking at, the, uh, at their team and they're watching practice and they're going, 
man, our quarterback's just not that good. They got a good one in San Francisco. Let's go get them. Uh, I got to believe that's going to happen sooner than later. What do you think? I think the most likely outcome is it's going to be forced by an injury. A contender is going to lose their quarterback for the season in the first month. And, and you know, I, I referenced when uh, the Vikings traded for Sam Bradford, traded a first-round pick of all things for Sam Bradford right after Teddy Bridgewater's injury. And, you know, yeah. desperation causes teams to make bad decisions. Uh, it's... It's one of those things where some team who thinks it's going to win a Super Bowl is going to say, wow, we just lost our quarterback. We better call up the 49ers. We better send him a draft pick and take on this salary. But yeah. I will say this. Look, I know it sounds crazy right now, but when you lay out this possibility of Trey Lance, let's say the 49ers do not want to cut Jimmy Garoppolo. They have said that, and I think that that's legit. I think they will hang on to him until the trade deadline. If they can't get a deal done before that, okay. they do not want. They want him on the roster. What if Trey Lance struggles in the preseason? What yes. if he struggles into the season and they're one and Ooh. three? Are you telling me that Kyle Shanahan, who knows Jimmy Garoppolo can run his offense, who knows he can make a Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo, are you really truly telling me that that guy's still on the roster? And Kyle Shanahan isn't going to say, "Well, we have Jimmy. Maybe we should change." I think it's you have to allow. As, as remote as that possibility seems today, you have to allow for the possibility that, that could happen. I think Trey Lance is going to be just fine. I think he's going to play well. But what if he doesn't? What yeah. What if he struggles really badly? I, I can't sit here and tell you that there's no chance Kyle Shanahan wouldn't cha- make a change. I, I just there's too much history there. He knows what he's getting out of Jimmy. I, I think it would be crazy. I, like I, it would be absolutely just a an unbelievable story to unfold. But I can't rule yeah. it out. It's, I don't know what else happens with Jimmy. I really don't. Like I mean, there's just not one team out there where I. I mean, I, you know, my editor texted me today and he's like, "Hey, could you do this story?" And he basically wanted five teams Jimmy Garoppolo could go to, and I was like, "I, I can't come up with one. I can't." There's not one that really even makes sense yeah. right now, but I think that it's it's just a waiting game for the 49ers now, and it's it's kind of an uncomfortable situation. But either way, the 49ers are in the catbird seat, right? If they keep them, they're good. They're good with that. And if they trade them, yeah. they're going to they're gonna reap the benefits because, as you said, somebody's going to be in desperation mode. And when you're in desperation mode, you can sit back and say, I want this, 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 and this, and they'll get it. Yeah, but I think the only problem with it is is it messes with Trey Lance's head, I think, a little bit. You yeah. want this guy to go into the season clear-headed. I'm the man. I'm the leader of this team. I'm the quarterback of the present and the future. We can get this done. If Jimmy Garoppolo is still on the roster, every time he struggles, there's going to be the question. It's just, it, it's just the human nature. I mean, yeah. let's say, again, I mean, the 49ers' early season schedule isn't the cakewalk by any means. They play at Denver. They play the Rams in week four. What Again, what if they're one and three? Uh, it's it, it has to come up then, in a, especially in a market like that where uh, you know you've just made the NFC Championship game with Jimmy Garoppolo. It's it's going to weigh in Trey Lance's head. It has to. It it would be it would be, it, it, it be unbelievable if it didn't it, it sit in Trey Lance's head that Jimmy Garoppolo is still hanging around. That's the only reason I think that the Forty ers are in a, a precarious position here with with Jimmy on the roster. But yeah, I, uh, I it's gonna it's gonna be really really interesting to see how this plays out. I'm with you. Uh, Frank Schwab from Yahoo Sports. What, what's the Cleveland Browns plan for if and when Deshaun Watson's suspension hits? What do you think it is? Yeah, and they could be a Jimmy Garoppolo team because right now it's Jacoby Brissett, and I think all of us are kind of saying, really, Jacoby Brissett? Yeah. That, uh, this team has playoff hopes. Like, 
this team came into the offseason as the favorites, betting favorites, to win the AFC North. That's that's changed since then, obviously, with the Watson stuff. But I think that if you're a team that truly thinks you can make the playoffs, I don't know how you just go into the season with Jacoby Brissett as your quarterback. Now, they can't come out and say, yeah, we're, we're going to think about Jimmy Garoppolo. He's on another team's right. roster. That's campering. You can't do that. So right. maybe they're having some very quiet talks in the front office about, okay, if Watson gets a full year, we might have to pull the trigger on this Jimmy G thing. I think that could happen. Otherwise, wow. I mean, that's why I thought they should have kept Baker Mayfield and just figured it out. Like, I know that, that that sounds like it couldn't have happened, but I don't think Mayfield has much leverage as people want to say. They were just sick of him wanting to move on. But now you're right. looking at a, a situation where Jacoby Brissett might be, you know, a quarterback in your team that has playoff hopes all season. I don't know how that works out well. I really don't. I, I don't hate Jacoby Brissett, but he's more of a, hey, if you need this guy for four or six games, you're fine. If you need him for a full season, I don't think you're making the playoffs. So we'll see. We'll see how it all plays out. Uh, we got to see what the Watson suspension is first. I mean, it could be just right. eight games, and they figure, hey, we can go four and four with Jacoby, which actually could be legitimate. That, that could be a, a very realistic thought process. But if it's a full year, I, I think they almost have to go to the front of the line and Jimmy Garoppolo. At least they got to make the call and see what the price is. I'm with you. What, what, what's the deal with Jordan Love? What is he? <laughs> I mean... Do the Packers regret doing that now? Is Can the kid play? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we've only really, truly seen him once, and that was in the Kansas City game a year ago, and I think they scored nine points, ten points, whatever it was. It wasn't much, and they lost. I don't know. I mean, who knows? I thought it, it I thought it was a bad pick the moment it happened. Like, I, what are you doing? Like, there's a Jordan Love in every single draft. You can find yeah. one. You can, uh, Malik Willis this year was drafted in the third round. He's no worse than Jordan Love is as a prospect. So, what were you doing when, when you you are a player or two away from from a Super Bowl championship? And you're ways to get on a, a interception pro Mountain West quarterback. I never got it, and. But I think the Packers, what are Packers going to do? Like, it stinks for Jordan Love that he hasn't gotten a chance yet, really. But backup quarterback still is valuable in the NFL. And if the teams, I'm just lowballing the heck out of them and saying, oh, we'll get a conditional whatever, whatever for him. At that point, the Packers might as well just hold on to him. It's not like he's holding up much of the salary cap or anything. Right. So my right. my guess is that, I mean, the NFL is one of those leagues, as you know. It's out of sight, out of mind. And That's I don't right. know that anybody's holding out hope. I don't know that that, that you were going to get to the fifth year of Jordan Love's career and some team is going to say, That's my starter. Because they're just gonna, he's just going to be four years down the road since he got drafted. It's, it's unfortunate for Jordan Love. It really, truly is that yeah. basically this kid was drafted in the first round and, and may never get a shot to be a starter yeah. quarterback in the NFL. I guess it's a really, really tough hand to be dealt. Man, unbelievable. He may be the Matt Flynn of football. Just hold a clip there yeah. and get paid handsomely and go retire and uh, not have any bad knees or back or elbow, whatever. Um, Frank Schwab, Yahoo Sports uh, with us. When you heard the word, uh, the, uh, the deal of Julio Jones going to Tampa Bay and hooking up with Tom Brady, what was your initial reaction there? Yeah, part of it is, is Chris Godwin healthy? Like, I it really, like, when you look at the Buccaneers roster, I get depth is always important. If you can add a guy like Julio, you do it. Why not? It's, I'm sure, low risk. I haven't seen the money yet, but I, I, I'm sure it's low risk that way. But if, if they're healthy, they just gave Russell Gage three years and $30 million to be their third receiver. They got Mike Evans. Chris Godwin is, if he's healthy, a top 20 guy, too. Where does Julio fit in? They gonna run a lot of four receiver sets this year. I doubt it. Like that, that doesn't seem like what they want to do, really. So, 
I don't know where Julio fits in. And he, yeah, look, last year was not pretty for him. And yeah. I have serious concern, like not concern, but I, it's questions if Julio is even on this roster by midseason. I mean, when you look at it, most number four receivers who don't play any special teams or I think 33 right. years old now, Julio is, right. uh, those guys don't hang around very often. You're just wasting a roster spot at that point. And they paid Russell Gage a $10 million a year. That's legitimate money. Like they think he's good and he yeah. coming off a good year with Atlanta. I just don't know where Julio fits, and if you're not playing at all, you're not getting any snaps. You don't play special teams. What point is there in you being on the roster? So I don't. I just don't see this turning out very well. Now, look, Julio's a Hall of Fame dude. I hate betting against Hall of Fame type talent because they they beat the odds a lot of times, but it really didn't look pretty for him last year. And I just don't love the fit here for Julio Jones. You know what it reminded me of? It's like the Lakers bringing Carmelo Anthony and Russell Westbrook. You know, right. all great at one point in time in their careers, but man, those those days are gone. And look, yes. look what they've reaped the benefits of none. So I, I don't right. get it either. Um, Russell Gage is an interesting story. He, he hardly saw the field at LSU. Yeah, um, great special he, teams guy. I mean, that's what he's yeah, known for. They didn't think he could catch or play, and now he's right. got a career in the NFL as a wide receiver. Go figure. Go figure. Um, he did all your predict- predictions and all. Uh, you know, if I told you the Saints were going to win 10 games, would you take that or bet the under on that? Oh, I'd take the under on that. But, uh, look, uh, the Saints uh, – they got a shot. They got a shot to be good, and I just was writing. I haven't published it yet, but writing the Buccaneers preview, and it's hard to get. It's hard for me to get the Saints up to pass the second place at the NFC South. I'll say that. But a wild card spot is easily within range for them because there is not much competition in the NFC. First of all, mm-hmm. and they have the defense to do it. And look, we haven't heard anything about Alvin Kamara yet. So whatever. Yeah. I mean, Michael Thomas is back to practice. Yeah. Everything. There's no bad news right now at the New Orleans. And Saints. I mean, and, and you know, I, maybe this is a type of team that can sneak up on people. Maybe people writing them off because no Sean Payton, Drew Brees, two years now retired. Maybe people think that the Saints, you know, they they don't got it. But the defense itself is, is going to keep them in contention. And yeah. you know, nine yeah. and nine and eight this year probably should get a wild card in the NFC. They're just not. If you if you fill out, look, if you fill out like who who I think is going to make the playoffs. You get to the wild cards in the AFC, and you're like, oh, I don't know what to do. There's like right. six teams that are, that are playoff quality and only three yep. spots for them in the wild card. In the NFC, and the opposite is true. You're like, I, I lose the seventh seed. And and so I don't really think it's going to be that tough to get a wild card in the NFC. And why not the Saints? I mean, they they, they handled this offseason, honestly, really, really well. I thought they were in a lot of trouble. They they retooled in a in a hurry, and there's not many there's not many obvious holes on this roster. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you know if Kamara's playing, if Thomas is even somewhat back to what he was, I, yeah, I could see them winning the wild card and and doing it pretty convincingly. They, I don't think they win the division, but I don't okay. know that necessarily the Saints are you know I, I mean just trying to grind out a number seven seed. You might be right; they could win double digit games if that defense is as good as advertised. We shall see. Um, Frank Schwab, Yahoo Sports. Um, the t- clock is ticking on Mike McCarthy. He's got the support of Jerry Jones, but <laughs> he's got to make the playoffs, and he's got to go deep in the playoffs, or he's gone. Right? He's gone. I I would think. I mean, every I, whenever we put like a a thing like that on a coach, I always wonder about the context. Like, let's say they go fifteen and two, but the second to last game of the season, like. 
Dak Prescott runs into CD Lamb and they both tear their ACLs and he loses. Like I, you know, I mean, that's <laughs> being funny, but you never know. True. Like everything has context, and if they make the playoffs yeah. and they get bounced right away, I at least want to know how you know how that happened. But yeah, if they don't make the playoffs, I'm sure he's. I mean, why wouldn't he be gone? The Sean Payton thing is just. It's just hanging out there. Everybody in the world knows that Jerry Jones thinks the world of Sean Payton, as he should. I have a great coach, probably Hall of Fame coach. Sean Payton has left the door wide open for a comeback, as you guys know. I mean, he basically stepped down but said, I don't really know if I'm retiring, and broadcasting is a good way for him to bide his time until a good opportunity comes along. And I think think you're right in that – if Mike McCarthy doesn't do anything to oppress Jerry Jones, the Sean Payton thing is just right there for him. Right he would there. have to. Yeah. I'll, I'll put it to you: it's a weird situation where Mike McCarthy is basically coaching against expectations of what Sean Payton would have done. If that makes yes. sense, I, it it's does like, make sense. well, yeah. you know, I mean, if 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 he gets out of the season and, and Jerry Jones like, ah, eh, that really wasn't as good as I hoped, I could just go get Sean Payton and it's an upgrade. I think he would do that. Why wouldn't he? I mean, Sean wow. Payton's great. I don't think anybody would fault him for that. Yeah. So Mike yeah. McCarthy almost has to outrun Sean Payton here. Yeah. Good luck with that, man. Good luck. Frank, right. Uh, thank you so much. Football, I can feel it. It's here. Um, and thank you for your expertise, as always, my friend. Enjoy the rest of your week. Absolutely. I appreciate it. All right. He's the best from Denver, Colorado, and Yahoo Sports, Mr. Frank Schwab. Uh, we're back. Final time out. And we'll wrap this up with some birthday wishes here on the Jordy Helper Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, your home for the Houston Astros in southwest Louisiana. Welcome back. Finishing touches to this uh, Wednesday edition of the Jordy Helper Show. Special thanks, John Hendricks, with the very latest from Saints Camp. Raymond Parse the third, the very latest from Sunbelt Conference Media Days. Michael Huguenin from On3.com with the very latest from Big Ten Media Days and all things college football. Mike Scarborough of TigerBait.com with all things LSU football recruiting. LSU football camp opens up a week from tomorrow. So it's a very busy recruiting week this week with the Bayou Splash Party on Friday. Can't wait to hear about that one. And of course, Frank Schwab from Yahoo Sports with the very latest in the NFL. If today is your birthday, July 27th, happy birthday from all of us to all of you. Jordan Spieth of golf is 29 years old. Alex Rodriguez, A-Rod, is 47 years old and a very special happy birthday. He turned 61 today, won the Tigers a national championship with the greatest team in college football history, in my opinion, back in 2019, Ed Orgeron is 61 years old today. Happy birthday, Coach O. Uh, James, thank you for everything. Thanks to all of you for listening in whatever form or fashion that you do. Thanks to our partners that make it possible each and every day because we really couldn't do it without you. Uh, I'm going to take a couple of days off. So uh, someone will be in this chair uh, Thursday and Friday, and um, we hope you listen in. So until Monday, for me, I'm Jordy Helper. Stay thirsty, my friends. Do everything you can to stay healthy, my friends. Um, Let's be kind to one another. Let's be happy. So long, everybody.